Mad Handle Podcast. Back at it. NBA Draft Edition. What's up, fellas? Oh, yeah. What's going on? How's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling tonight? More excited than I've been in a long time. Feeling elevated. So, question for you guys. Is everybody pussy popping for Obi Toppin or what? <laughs> Obi-Wan <it>. Kenobi. Nice. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Clyde on the TV just going Dude. at it. With. Yeah, that, 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 like, that was my Clyde one, was popping for top topping. So many puns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, picking and popping with Obi Toppin. Ooh. Is it Obi Toppin or Obi Topin? Because Topin doesn't rhyme with a lot of stuff. Toppin. Uh, all right, yeah. Toppin works. But yeah, boys, we're back. Free agency. The, the counting down the hours until we start signing people. Trades are going down. Drafts going down. Crazy stuff so far. And most important of all, it looks like that we have a competent GM, a competent like guy running the ship. Leon was doing math last night. Dude, make <laughs> making deals. 25 for 31 to 8 to like all right man let's go bacon and bacon bacon and bacon <laughs> love it so, i mean i guess we're just gonna go right into the knicks right like how can we not this is a knicks podcast that's but, it uh, well, let's hear it let's hear it easy ob Toppin, number eight pick what are you thinking like what were your thoughts before the draft Who'd you want? And then, like, what are your thoughts after we take him? So, I was into o- Obi Toppin. I was watching videos, watching the, like, the breakaway dunks. And then I send it in our group text, yo, I hope we take Obi. And you're like, he's 22. And right away, I'm like, damn, I didn't know he's that old. Like, <laughs> shit, I don't know. And then um, – and then I started watching his like bad videos because you know they have like the good highlight videos and they have the bad highlight videos, and he yeah. is horrendous on defense. <laughs> like I, I said this to you, Kev, Andrea Barnyani esque, like horrendous. But I'm so in. Like a, uh, so I'm in. in. I'm in. Sign me up. What won me over where there was two stats where I was like, I'm in. He's from New York. And his dad was on the end one mixtape. <laughs> I'm in. Sign is me there, up. Let's go, Obi. Is there anything more New York than, than that, right? Being on the end <laughs> one mixtape. <laughs> Charlie, what do you think? And I know you're I know you're big on this guy. I want to hear why. I want to hear why. Yeah, I'm a hype man. Like the first highlight I ever saw of this kid was him doing a three the legs dunk in a Dayton game. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is <laughs> yeah. And I think you'll also <laughs> love his comparison too, uh, Kenyon Martin. So, like, let's go with that comparison. Like, I'll take a Kmart for sure. Um, for sure. But regardless, no, I mean, AP player of the year, Dayton was by far one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country this past year in college ball. 29-1, uh, and one, I think, was their record. And we didn't see him in the tournament. You know, we got to remember, they were just about to finish uh, their regular season and go into A-10 play when the season got canceled. So we didn't even get a good look at a lot of these guys. Um, But Kev, we were texting throughout the draft the whole night and I was like, 
he's falling to us he's falling to us and then we were at like pick seven with the Knicks picking next and it was like Denny we had uh you know obviously we still had um well who else was on the board I'm trying it was to Halliburton Halliburton was on the board who I was like or do who do we go with here Devin Vassell was still on the board who I'd seen them being linked to um but no I'm I'm really hyped about this pick for sure I'm going back and forth fellas I can't lie like at first, I was like, I don't want this guy. Then I started watching highlights, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then, like, now I'm thinking, how many 22-year-old, like, rookies really make it to have, like, an impact in the NBA? Like, the last few that I could remember are, like, Tyler Hansborough, which is not good. That guy, Justin Jackson, that went to, like, Sacramento. Uh, it, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're getting a guy – that's ready to play right now. Like some rookies, you know, you have to wait. Like they're not ready to handle all those minutes. I think this guy's ready to go and he can slot right into the starting lineup. But my big thing is if you're drafting someone in the top 10, you want their potential to be like through the roof. And with him, I feel like his, like he's already very close to his potential. Like I don't think he has much room to grow. So that's why I'm kind of like going back and forth. I really thought we needed a point guard. We didn't go that route, but I'm going to get behind the pick because I know he dunks real nice. So hopefully he's going to get the crowd garden going. But one thing I do want to talk about is his defense, right? So, Charlie, what are you thinking? Like, we have Tibbs here. Like, he is a defensive guru. We have some really good assistant coaches. Do you think this guy could get better defensively? Yeah, I really do. And I think he actually even already acknowledged that in one of his first interviews. He was like, you know, defense is one thing that I need to work on. He's like, I'm happy I'm coming to a team where Tibbs is going to be the coach. We can lock in and, and really get better on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is going to be huge for him. Um, but again, like it, it's an interesting point that you make about his ceiling, because I do kind of agree with you um, in the sense that I don't know what what is left for him. Um, and, and what the true ceiling could be aside from the player he is now. I do think, though, from a Knicks perspective, and I'm happy to see them obviously, you know, release some of these, you know, big guys in the four and five spot because I was worried slightly last night picking him, knowing the need at point guard that we have and just yes. adding another power forward to our roster. So if we can clear out, and we obviously did by declining some of the options and get him a lot of minutes, then I really like it. And the last thing too, like similar to RJ's attitude and demeanor last year, like the guy wants to be here. He wants to be a Nick. He wants to make the Knicks relevant. And I think that's huge for the culture. Um, and I yeah. think that's also like we talk about, you know, attracting free agents I think that type of attitude in the culture is what ultimately is going to do it over just going out and just you know big fishing and in, in, in the ocean um yeah I agree I think like you know the past two years like arguably we probably got drafted the two best players in college basketball right like RJ Barrett he kind of ran I mean I know Zion was there and like he had all the hype around him but RJ Barrett was like what made that team go Obi Topin I mean we'll see but easy what are your thoughts what are your thoughts defensively like come on this is New York we got to get back to playing that tough nose defense because it's yo look we could talk about Tibbs all we want but I mean 
it's not like he turned Towns into some de- like defensive stopper. Yeah. So we got to see with that. But, yo, if this is our front line moving forward, we have a mobile five who could make up for any of his defensive stuff. Just learn, learn to play sure. team defense. I was a little pissed he was, he was 22, but I kind of like that. Like, enough with these projects. Let's get a guy who's going to come in and score 18 a game. Sure. Shoots, shoots 40% from three. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm convincing myself. We signed Van Fleet. Here we <laughs> fucking go, baby. Here we go. I also want to see a starting five next year at some point in a game of Frank at point, RJ at the two, Kevin at the three, Obi at the four, and Mitch at the five. Like, run it out. Run out yeah. all of these prospects and, like, our core that we've had and drafted over the last few years. Those are literally their natural positions. Run them out there and see what the fuck happens. See what sure. happens. You're, you're right. And, like, what better way to develop players what do you than have to like lose? throw them into the fire? You know? Yeah, what do you have to lose? Like, you're, the, Knicks are, they're not, the Knicks aren't supposed to be good anyways. Easy. I think you make like a really good point with like, hey, this, like Obi can step out and can hit a three, so like he can stretch the floor out here. It's not like we're clogging up the paint. So I mean, and I know Mitch has been working on his game there, but like one point that I think you know, watching some of the videos with Obi is it's not like he's not bad defensively because of like a lack of effort or trying or energy. He just has, like, no technique, and that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, you put him in Tibbs' system, like, he's going to teach him how to play defense, at least to be serviceable. But, Charlie, we also had another pick, this guy, uh, Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love it. Well, first off, I think it's very interesting to see the trends that the front office is making, right? Obviously, with the CAA connections um, and some of the moves that Leon Rose has made, uh, we're obviously seeing the the Jazz connection um, with Walt Perrin being a a senior advisor to Leon and obviously doing the draft trade with with, with Utah for the picks. Um, Quickly's a great great draft pick for a couple of reasons. Um, Firstly, you know, look, Cal knows how to recruit players. I think we all know that Cal's motto is Kentucky is very much a factory for NBA players. Um, You know, it's obviously the jury's still out on Knox and how he's been as a player. Maybe Cal overhyped him a little bit coming out a couple of years ago um, and sort of, you know, swaying the Knicks to pick him. But this kid was the best player in the SEC, arguably last year. The SEC used to be a down basketball conference. It's actually a pretty good basketball conference, obviously, outside of Kentucky. Alabama's come on in recent seasons, obviously, with Sexton coming out and producing a couple more talents. So it's impressive what he did last year I think also too the reports coming out in return in regards to his character how he is coachability wise I think is really important in in terms of coming to the next level but again also too um, their assistant coach from Kentucky um, that they just recently hired on on their staff with Tibbs he had a view of this guy last year he knows this guy Um, so obviously they know what they're getting and they know what they can get with this guy that, yeah, I was about to say that, and, like, you make a great point. Like, Kenny Payne, who is the guy we hired from Kentucky, like, he worked with him every single day. You know, like, he knows exactly this guy's strengths, his weaknesses, if he's a fit here. We, I, I, you know, through the a couple of trades we made, we kind of moved up to, like, get him, right? Like, 
this was a guy that everybody was saying we could probably get in the second round, uh, later in the second round, I should say, um, and we drafted him in the first. So there's got to be something there. I'm also reading that, like, he's a natural point guard that was put in a role of, like, a shooting guard. So, like, let's see. Let's try to develop him. Easy, what are your thoughts here? I'm going to be very honest. I got a text from my landlord, and she told me to open up all my faucets and the shower. So I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> Sorry. We're talking about uh, Emmanuel quickly, the, uh, the, the other first-round pick. Okay, so is he a shooter? Because that's what they were saying today. He's a shooter. He's he's a knockdown shooter. But from what I'm hearing, three point shooter. He came into Kentucky as like a natural point guard. Are you guys scared of this Kentucky thing that we have now? It's a hint for Cal becoming the coach if Tibbs flops. (laughs) That's true. And it's just ah, it just makes everything so like convenient. It's weird. I don't know. It's a little too like, it's a little too close for comfort for me. What are we just gonna take the whole fucking Kentucky roster now? Come on. I mean, I get that, but I'm also like, it it gives us an eye into, like, especially with Kenny Payne being here, like an eye into that roster and like Charlie, like you said. It's a factory for NBA players, right? And like, it is true. Star NBA players. So, like, once we draft him, I'm like, oh, he's from Kentucky. Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, you know? Yeah, it's not like we're picking a guy from Hofstra. We got an inside scoop on Hofstra. Speedy Claxton? We're not drafting him again? (laughs) Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's not forget, though, Nick's Seton Hall connection, Miles Powell getting signed today. Not getting drafted on the sign. We'll get an invite to training camp. So, Miles Powell, I know there's a lot of hate on him. They, like, don't think he's a natural point guard, but he's too small to be a shooting guard. But I don't know. I got the upside on him, man. I think he could be on a two-way contract, and it could prove valuable. What's your thoughts on that? Can you imagine, like, oh, I'm going to be drafted, and you don't don't get drafted? You just got to be so bummed. I, apparently, it's really interesting. So uh, a guy I work with went to Seton Hall. He's a huge Seton Hall basketball fan. Um, and we were talking about it today. As soon as it broke, we were chatting about it. He follows him on Instagram. Apparently, he spent, like, a shitload of money on a suit and, like, all of this stuff. To no. Wear, yeah, to wear for the for the draft night, and he didn't get drafted. Oh, uh, um, no. So, yeah, so some agent got him for a couple of stacks on a, on a suit, I'm sure. Shit. Oof. That's rough. But, but then you hey, get drafted today, so it's like, all right, that's cool. But it's like, come on, Nick, you couldn't pick me up last night, you fucks. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I, I like what the Knicks did here. Like we said, they, they made, like, a, a few different trades. And, like, essentially we turned uh, – what was that? Picks number 27 and 38 into picks 25 and 33. Like – we're doing some things here. We don't normally do this type of yep. stuff where it's like, oh, wow, we kind of like made out in this situation, you yeah? know? They had to nail the draft. They had to. They had to. They had to. And we'll see what happens. But I think we should segue into like the rest of the moves that are happening today because a lot of shit's going down. Charlie, why don't you fill us in? Yeah, there's it's, it's crazy amounts of stuff happening. The Knicks just obviously making a move for Ed Davis, um, taking on the $5 million on his contract, uh, but getting a couple of second-round picks. Ed Davis? Ed Davis. <laughs> 
2023, two draft picks in the second round. Um, taking on the five mil and his salary, Nick's declining a ton of options today. Wayne Ellington going out, uh, Taj Gibson going out, Bobby Portis going out. Um, so it's interesting, actually. I was also reading that they may be bringing Taj back on a smaller deal um, as sort of a, a mentor for Mitch carrying over from last year and, and to sort of be a, a defensive, you know, ear for Thibodeau on the floor. Um, but a ton of shit happening across the NBA, man. Like Ubre is about to go to the Warriors right now uh, since Clay's obviously out with the ACL tear. Rubio going back to Minnesota, CP3 going to Phoenix, Thunder just acquiring shitloads of more first-round picks. I think they have 17 first-round picks over the next three or four years. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, and it's only going to get wilder, I think, that over the next couple of days. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, what you said there with, like, us getting Ed Davis and taking on that salary, that's kind of like what – you know, like Sam Presti's kind of doing where he's like, okay, we have some cap room here. Let's take this guy and let's get some like draft capital for him, which I like, like we're being smart with some of these moves. I love us declining all those team options for like Taj and Bobby Portis. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of days with, you know, free agency coming up, but easy. What are your thoughts on some of the moves that we made today? First off, can we pour one out for crazy eyes, Bobby Portis? <laughs> Dude, that one that one game that he against won us that game. Oh, yeah. yes, against the it Bulls. It was hype. That was awesome. And just the crazy eyes. He won me over as a fan for life. So I got to pour one out for my boy. Um, Ed Davis. I mean, I get it. But, Ed, oh, look, another power forward, Ed Davis. Like – Ah. But we dropped two. But we dropped two. Then. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that is and true. Julius that is, is going. True. Julius is going to go somewhere. I yeah, wonder what's going to happen with that. Because are we going to have to attach stuff to get rid of him or no? I think we I think we have. It depends. Fucking attach Knox and Frank. Like, there you go. We'll attach that. No, 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 man. Don't decimate half of my starting Fab Five there. <laughs> <laughs> we have pieces to attach there, like a Dennis Smith Jr., Whatever. But I think that, like, yeah, and I think that's the beauty of the trade with Ed Davis, right, is acquiring those second-round picks. Like, toss one of those bad boys in a deal if it gets it over the finish line. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Very I guess to see what happens with that power forward, like, situation here. I, I mean, I'll feel much better when Miranda's gone because you don't draft a 22-year-old who's ready to play now to sit behind fucking Julius Randle. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. You know? Also, too, Julius Randle is just such a ball killer. The literally, yeah. you know, if, we think, if we thought Carmelo Iso was a ball killer, <laughs> but Julius Randle is just as big of a ball killer as he is. If I have to watch one more spin where he dribbles off his foot, I'm going to fucking yeah. break my TV. <laughs> Go you dribble was, it off your foot somewhere else. <laughs> I was also right. wondering, too, like, do all those Lakers that LeBron just, like, cast it off feel like total douches after they won a title? Like, does half of his team that he had the year before who's in New Orleans now just be like, fuck, man, like, God, LeBron, <laughs> fuck. They trade all of us for one player and they won the title? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I love the hate that Kuzma's still getting. 
everyone still rips on Kuzma, and he made that tweet the other day. Like, you guys will see. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> they're, they're getting rid of him. I feel like they're, they're going to trade him quick. Can we talk about the fact that JaVale McGee has three NBA titles in the last four years? Unbelievable. <laughs> like, wow. that, guy, that guy attaches himself to the Warriors, gets traded to the Lakers, and attaches himself to the Lakers. I just saw today he picked up his $4 million option for next year. It's like, of course you did, pal, because you're going to win another fucking ring. <laughs> I got to tell you my, my JaVale, McGee, JaVale McGee story. I go to a Nick game. It's like – it's back when, like, Danilo and Wilson Chandler – we're on the Knicks. And there's this one play where Wilson Chandler goes down the baseline and like reverse jams it. And the whole, like all the guarding goes absolutely fucking bananas. Washington goes down the court and someone misses a shot. And JaVel McGee literally jumped over the fucking backboard and like just took this ball and smashed it like in, into the hoop. And like the garden just went erupted even more. I was like, you know what? For as much shit that this guy gets, he can fucking jump out the gym. <laughs> but hey, maybe Nick should sign into a contract. Maybe he'll bring us a title. Speaking of speaking of Nick signing to contracts, should we bring up the Gordon Hayward situation? Absolutely. Let's do it. Easy. What are you thinking? Gordon Hayward. He Fuck out of here. Dude, he opted out of first off, before we get into him going to the Knicks. Like, what are you guys thinking about him opting out of $34 million? How old is he? He's 30. All right. That's tough because, like, so he pretty much is saying that if I take this 35 mil this year, I'm not going to get another deal next year. So he's trying to secure, like, whatever, a multi-year 50-plus million dollar deal. But – does he get that? Oh. I, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, it's Charlie, more than you, tough. It's more than tough. No, I mean, everything I've seen that's being bantered around is four years, $75 million. Woof. I mean, that, that is just too much a, for him. I mean, bro, if you thought the Tim Hardaway contract was bad that Stevie Mills gave out, wait till you're, <laughs> wait till you're in, wait till you're in 2023 and you're paying Gordon Hayward $25 million. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, and also too, like I was actually watching that game um, back in 2017 when he had that horrific injury and I feel bad for the guy because that guy was a hell of a player and that yeah. injury unfortunately i think probably changed his game forever and yeah. honestly like watching the celtics collapse in the playoffs like why would you fucking want him anyways i don't yeah for the money that he's gonna get i don't get why we're going after him but i mean he i don't know maybe like a veteran presence that's actually like a forward instead of being like a big man easy what are you thinking yeah i mean I guess because, like, I know he, he was mad about – because when he, he signed in Boston, it was supposed to be him and Kyrie, like Kyrie as the top dogs. Yeah. And remember, he was almost going to go to Miami. He was almost going to go to the Heat. Yeah. And then yep. he signs with Boston, gets hurt, comes back, and he has two people better than him at his own position. So now he's, like, the third, fourth, fifth option on his team now. So he wants yep. to come and be a top option, which on the Knicks, sure – 
like anyone could be a top option, but like, I don't know, is that who we want to be our top option? Is like a, a broken down Gordon Hayward Hay Hay for three more years? Speaking of the next top option though, should it be Russell Westbrook? I'd rather eat shit than fucking trade for, for Russell Westbrook. What if it gets rid of Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nalakina, <laughs> Kevin Knox, and whoever else is left on our roster? Okay, yes. Yeah. So let me rephrase that. If we're not giving anything up, I'll take on that money. I'll win. I'll get in as an eighth seed and just be excited. But I am not giving up anything for Russell Westbrook. No young players, no, no picks. Like, I'll give you Frank, Dennis Smith Jr., and Julius Randle. Yes, to match salaries. Bye. I agree. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that easy. Like, if we can, if we're not parting, honestly, like those young guys that you're saying, like, I'm taking like RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, like, out of it. But if of they course. want like a like a Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank, sure, you can have a couple of those guys. But if they want any sort of first round pick or anything like that, like that's that's the end of story. Like I'm not doing that for Russell Westbrook and all that money and his injuries and like whatever. I don't care about the excitement that he's going to bring. But uh, Charlie, what do you think on Russell Westbrook? You brought him up. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm so torn because at the same time, like I 100% agree, like RJ and Mitch off the table, frankly, anybody else that's left on the roster, like I'll take them. I'm not trading any of the first round picks or any type of asset like that to get him, especially with the money that he's due over the next couple of years. Um, and like also too, like I battle with this all day. It's like, so Russ comes to the Knicks, right? We put out, you know, Russ, RJ, OB, Mitch, and like, let's say one other player, right? And we somehow sneak in as the eight seed. Russ puts up a triple-double. Does that really make us any better of a franchise? No, it's right back to where we were, like, with Carmelo. We just have the new Carmelo on the Knicks, which is just a ball-dominant ISO ball hog. So it's, it's, it's a total toss-up for me. I was reading a tweet before that, like, people are saying that the Knicks' plans were to trade for Russell Westbrook and then bring in Gordon Hayward as well. So, like, if you're slotting those two guys into our starting lineup, I think if you were just to get Gordon Hayward, I think he'd be able to help the younger players develop. But if you're bringing in Russell Westbrook, he is not going to help their development. He's going to take the ball out of their hands. I don't think he's stat stuff every night. Stat stuff every night. Hold on to the ball, not get rid of it. That's not what we need here. That's why, like, if I was to pick between him or Chris Paul, you know, which was like kind of before he got traded to Phoenix, like 100%, I'd much rather have Chris Paul because he's going to make people Agreed. better around him. Agreed. Oh, yeah. But Agreed. Interesting to see what he said, though. Did you see what he said about the Knicks? He said that the Knicks were very much in play for him. He had had discussions with the Knicks, wanted to go here, but the COVID factor in the Knicks not having any fans in MSG this year, not really knowing when fans are going to be back in the garden, he only wanted to come to the Knicks if he could get the full experience with playing with the fans in MSG, which is ultimately why he chose Phoenix, which I think is really interesting. Wow. 
That's interesting. That is interesting, actually. Well, like, yeah, sorry, bud. Like, we're in they, a fucking global, Kevin, global pandemic. Yeah. So, I, well, yeah, like, get the fuck out of here. Dude, you know what? I knew it. I knew the players loved when I screamed at them. I, this <laughs> yeah. is why Chris Paul doesn't come, because he, like, he didn't have me yelling at him for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, besides those two guys, I'm going to rattle off some names to you that I hear that we're connected to. And uh, try not to laugh while I'm reading these out, but I'm going to read them out because I saw them. Gordon Drogic, Rodney Hood, Carmelo Anthony, Danilo Gallinari, DJ Augustine, Harry Giles, and Christian Wood. If you had to pick one player out of that list, who are you signing? Easy. Let's hear it. Uh, are you ready? DJ Augustine. I was just about to say, if you say that guy's name, I'm going to crack up. Yo, but out of that list, like, I, before we drift Toppin, I would have said, like, Christian Wood. I would have threw money at him because I think that he could have fit with Robinson. But yeah. please, God, no more power forwards to clog up the lane and just do stuff. Yeah. At least he's, like, an NBA point guard. I mean, he's just another stopgap, and we'll have another point guard next year. But, like, Maybe we just throw the fucking – I don't know. Even before I said it, I don't know if I could even say it out loud. It's like, do we throw, like, an empty check at Van Vliet? But it's I – for, I forgot to mention him, but, yeah, he's an – I actually don't mind the DJ Augustine thing just because he is a legit point guard. But, Charlie, you know, those names I'm rattling off, who are you interested in? I mean, if we're rolling out Russ and, and Gordon Hayward, then the one that strikes my fancy the most is Skinny Mellow, only because it's proven. It's proven. By the way, the guy is looking jacked, man. He must be on that Chris Paul banana bow vegan diet now or something, but the guy is on an eight-pack trend tell, right now. Tell me you. this is because of the video of him doing the, the two-foot jump dunks. Oh, yeah, dude. 100%. So I, could watch, I could watch videos. I could watch videos of Melo with that Sky Gym pickup games all day, man. Oh, I, watched I remember that like being like ago. summer, summer 2015, just watching Melo pick up at Sky Gym, just like, oh my god, we're gonna make the playoffs this year. <laughs> That's so wild, man. Oh, uh, uh, but I mean, you know, look, if we're rolling it out, might as well be him, yeah. So, all right, if if we're not bringing fucking Russell Westbrook and Gordon Hayward in here, who are you interested in? Yeah, stop talking about that, dude. You're going to like yeah, speak that into you're reality. Gonna, you're gonna, yeah, exactly. Um, honestly, Rodney Hood's coming off an injury, right? Didn't he tear his ACL last year? I think so. Yeah, yeah. so that's – pre-ACL, honestly, I maybe would have taken him. Um, I think DJ Augustine is probably the most interesting. Agree. He's going to cost less money than, you know, Fred Van Fleet, but he's going to give a veteran point guard here, which – like, oh, one name that we forgot to mention, Alfred Payton also got his option declined this this uh Scott Perry's crying in a bathroom somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He was I mean, he has games, but I'd rather I'd much rather have DJ Augustine for sure. All right, what what are we thinking for, for the Knicks here? Are any names out there besides those that we mentioned that you guys are kind of thinking about here? Any point guard, any point guard. I was listening to sports radio 
today and the guy i forgot i don't know might have been han and he was like uh when was the last time that we had the same like starting point guard for two seasons in a row that's true i want to say felton but i don't even know we traded him it's just because he came back like when was the last time we had two fucking like the same point guard for two for two years in a row yeah that's a good point Which brings me back to like why we didn't just draft Tyrese Halliburton, but I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. But then he fell to ten. It's not like a lot yeah. of people didn't draft him. And the Kings drafted him with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Weird. Oh, that's funny. so weird. De'Aaron, you want to come to New York? Yeah, even seriously. Though shit, even though you shit talked us the whole time. I know he does shit talk the Knicks. He does. Does he? Yeah, yeah, he's a little Twitter troll in the Knicks. Uh, dude, you're on the Kings. Kings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, the fuck wants to be in Sacramento anyways? Like, if you're going to live in California, Sacramento is the last fucking place in California. The last. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> the last place. <clears throat> Apparently right. that arena is sick, though. The, the Golden One Center, the arena is legit. Oh, really? Yeah, it's legit, I've heard. Oh, shit. That's it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know because I'd never see Sacramento on, on national TV. So, yeah. <laughs> but all right. Any other things you guys want to cover with the Knicks? We got a lot. We got a lot with the Knicks. Um, Mitch has to start. Toppin has to start at the four. You said before RJ at the at the two. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing him at the three. At the three, yeah. Or but, at the one. You or, know, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. Fizz did it the first game of the season last year. Yeah. Um, I like that we brought back uh, we brought back Bullock, right? I saw yeah. that. But that was um, a solid move. Maybe he'll have, I can actually play well this year and not just be a guy that we talk about being 3 and D. Yeah. Uh, I love that because there's so many guys that you're just like, oh, he's, he's 3 and D. And you're like, what the fuck did he do last year? I can't well, think of the- like – Anything. I feel like, like I feel like he had a lot of problems last year. Like, didn't his like sister pass away? And then, yeah. he, had, then he had a back issue or something. Like, yeah. I feel like we didn't see him until January. It's true. I thought like when he was out there, he played pretty well, though. But like, what 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 is a three and D guy? Like, all these prospects are three and D guys. Like, why the fuck are we drafting the three and D guy? <laughs> if, if right, we need a uh, yeah. Charlie, you got anything else on, on the Knickerbockers? No. No, I think it was – look, the, the main takeaway, they, they needed to nail this draft. They needed to do well, and I think overall I give, them a, I give them an A on this draft. I think it was really well done. All right. Give them an A. Easy, what, what are you giving them? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to say B just because I'm a dick. I don't know. I'm going to give him a B plus. B plus. I don't know about the quickly pick. I think we could have gotten another, like, a better player there. But we'll see. Apparently, we're just going to be the CAA Knicks this year. So, all right, (laughs) moving on. We got some free agency. We got some trades. Just a whole fucking clusterfuck of shit happening. But why don't we start off with the Milwaukee Bucks? and their plan to get Giannis to stay. Easy, what are your thoughts on this team and their moves? 
idiots. <laughs> and just in one word, idiots. Idiots. And you have to emphasize the idiot. Dude, come on. They gave up an Anthony Davis, Paul George type haul for a one-time all-star who, like, best thing he ever did was win a first-round, help win a first-round series three years ago. Like, I'm a big Drew Holiday fan, but they gave up three picks, two swaps, and two, like, current NBA starters. Get out of here. It's a lot. That is a lot. And then to find out he's only under control for one more year, so you're going to have to pay him. One of the the final pick swap is in 2027. (laughs) Yeah. What, What the fuck? And then, then you don't even talk to Bogdanovich. You set up this whole trade, which is blatant, like tampering, because free agency starts tomorrow. You had a sign-in deal in place three days ago. And then you're like, oops, uh, I don't know. That's bold. Like, I'm sorry. If I'm a free agent, Milwaukee is – I don't care how good the team is. It's probably one of the last places I'm looking to go to if (laughs) I'm a free agent. Right? Oh, yeah. So, to not talk to him, and then, like, in the back of his mind, he's like, okay, Giannis could leave that next year, and then Drew Holiday could leave the year after that. Like, uh, yeah, probably not the best destination to go to. But, uh, Charlie, what are you thinking with this? Like, this whole Drew Holiday trade, they gave up a lot. Is he enough to, like, make Giannis stay there? It's like, so I got a couple of things here. A, my like conspiracy theory mind of NBA is running wild. And then maybe (laughs) this is some sort of sign that like players are maybe apprehensive to teaming up with Giannis over what they've seen in the playoffs over the last couple of years. Look, I know Giannis is a hell of a player in the regular season, but we all know that the regular season and the playoffs are completely different things. I think Giannis has kind of shit the bed a little bit in the playoffs the last couple of years. I don't know if maybe that's made players a little bit nervous to team up there. I do agree with what you think, that Milwaukee is a terrible market to be in. I would hate to be in that market. Um, But also, too, I mean, I I think it's just – it's interesting to see what they gave up, easy to your point, in the Drew Holiday trade. Because so what if they win one title this year? If they sign – or next year, if they sign Giannis in free agency, they're going to have no assets to go out and get anybody else. And they're hamstrung with Giannis and Chris Middleton. It just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense the way their rosters constructed. It almost reminds me of the way Cleveland constructed rosters around LeBron, where it's just LeBron and then a bunch of really shitty role players. Now, okay, I love how you made that comparison because I was gonna go, go off on a tangent about this. I'm gonna flip it. Why can't these players just be honest with the fucking team? And it all started with LeBron consistently like having to keep Cleveland in the dark. I don't know. Am I going to stay? Am I going to go? Where they keep trading first round picks for, and then he's like, fuck you, I'm out. And then he leaves them for shit. Thank God they won the draft three times and got Kyrie. But like, why can't Giannis just be like, hey, Milwaukee, get your act together, keep your picks. If we win, I'll stay, but you have to give me a better team. And then they know, and they could be, like, flexible moving forward. Now they don't know, and they, they mortgage the entire future 
And then if he stays, like you said, they're going to suck in a couple years because they can't do anything. Nothing. I don't understand yeah. why these stars are, like, being dicks on purpose. So does trading pretty much your whole future of first-round picks make Giannis want to stay more? Like can. you're real, you're really. I mean, it's not like he's like this, like thirty, you know, thirty-two, thirty-three-year-old guy that's got like one last shot at this. He's super young. He's got a lot of time to play. I would think that if he's going to re-sign with Milwaukee, he let like don't give up your future. Like these are players that we can draft, and, like have play with me for, like you said, a one-time All-Star in Drew Holiday. But. The thing that the thing with Milwaukee though, and I, and I think we even were talking about this in the back in August or so when they were in, in the bubble and obviously getting eliminated, is that their offense is so stagnant around Giannis, right? I mean, it's basically just Giannis and four guys standing around, and it works in the regular season. It's why they can win fifty games. It's why he can win an MVP. Is because let's be honest, the defense that somebody's playing in December in the paint where Giannis is getting a lot of his points is not the is not the defense that they're playing in May and June in the playoffs and in the finals. And I think that's the issue here is that coach Bud can draw up great plays for Giannis in the regular season, but there's not a lot of offense that's flowing around the bucks. I know they tried to get shooting with Corver, but like Giannis doesn't have a good three point shot and it's not anything that's fooling defenses in the playoffs. It's true. Yeah. I, I think, that that whole team begins and ends with Giannis learning how to hit an outside shot consistently. Like, I honestly don't care who you bring in there that's available that would like, that's going to elevate that. Cause you can't, cause teams are going to focus on that. And Charlie, like you said, teams are going to plan their defense, especially in the playoffs where everyone's hunkering down around that. Right. Don't let Giannis get in the paint, make him shoot. He's their number one player, so he's going to get the ball all the time in those situations. And like you saw it in the playoffs the past couple of years, that's what happens. So with Bogdanovich not going there, you got to think that they have to be up to something, right? Like any players you guys are hearing or any options you guys think would, would fit well with that team? Yeah, I got an option. Chris Paul. What the <laughs> fuck happened with that? So, because, like, if you're looking into Drew Holiday, you know they were looking into Chris Paul. Yeah. Then he signs in Phoenix for, like, way less than what, uh, what they traded for, for Drew Holiday. So then they yeah. panicked and had to give Drew Holiday, and I'm sure Griffin, like, held him over a barrel and was like, you know what, I want everything. But, like, if, if you're willing to give that up for Drew, or you ended up giving that up for Drew, why not just get an actual floor general, the guy who's going to run the offense, put Giannis in his spots, like in the playoffs when he needs it? Ah, it's just such a weird move. Yeah, I mean, I like Drew Holiday. I think he's a real nice player, but is he does he make this team like really that much better over like Bledsoe and George Hill? George Hill. <laughs> You know, like, because it's not like – it's not like George Hill and Bledsoe were really asked to do that much because Giannis always had the ball. 
I don't really see that switching here. You know, it's not like they're going to give Drew Holiday the ball all the time now. So I, I don't think it makes a huge difference. We'll see. We'll see what else they could do with, you know, for agency starting up. Uh, any other interesting teams, Charlie, that, you, that you're looking at right now? Yeah, easy. I mean, you brought up Chris Paul of Phoenix, right? So, like, Phoenix is a really interesting team. Yeah. Though. And I think it's actually going to be really good for Book. And the reason being yeah. is that Chris Paul can handle the ball. Let Book purely be a shooter, man. Just put up so many shots a game. Let Chris Paul distribute. Kevin, I know we were talking uh, you know, the other day about, like, what their starting five is and running through it. Like, dude, the Suns could be back. And I think yeah. when the Suns are back, it makes the Interwestern Conference very interesting. Oh, yeah. I like their starting five. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also, too, I mean, Lob City 2.0 with DeAndre. Yeah. Yeah. That pick and roll with him, it, it, it's going to be deadly. It's going to take a lot of burden off of uh, Book there. Then you got Book just sitting there waiting off that pick and roll. Like, it's, it takes a lot of pressure off him, too. Yeah, exactly. Easy. What are you thinking? Are the Suns making the playoffs this year? I think they have to, yeah. If they're able to be that same Suns team from the bubble that what, yeah. went undefeated and beat like the Clippers, Nuggets, all like the big teams in the playoffs, and now they have like a veteran point guard, yeah, I don't see why not. I agree. Uh, Easy, any other teams that you're you're looking at right now? Um, so – I love that the Lakers are getting better. Just because, okay. like, why is that? Well, yeah, because, please, like, why not bring it in, Br- bring it back, run it back, get LeBron that sixth ring. Let's go. Like, enough with these debates. Let's just shut everyone up already. Like, you made the trade, you decimate the team, you have AD, you got it, you're going to re sign them. I like that they're like retooling and they're probably going to have a better team than, than they did before. And they're doing, like, shrewd stuff. Like, they get, like, uh, who is the backup point guard they signed that, like, you know Milwaukee was probably trying to get. And, like, all these other teams were probably trying to get him. And then Polinka swoops in and trades for him. Uh, uh, from Schroeder? OKC. Yes. Schroeder. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's just um, I don't know. I like that. Um, and fucking Daryl Morey, baby, flipping the Sixers around in a night. <laughs> can't believe he navigated out of that Horford contract. Dude, Horford contract is trash. Unloads Horford, um, picks like two or three shooters in the draft, uh, and something else ha- ha- happened too. Um, I, I forget. They've got some room now. They've got some yeah. room now to make to make like another move, which is kind of crazy. And like you gotta think that those those picks that like he used. I'm going to bring this name up because it's a name that that's surfaced around, especially with the, the Nets. But, like, why not make a run for James Harden there? You know, like, you, he's obviously comfortable with you. It's like, why not make a run? Uh, Charlie, what are you thinking about Harden and, and his kind of, like, demand to, like, get out of Houston? 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen the link to Philly um, in terms of obviously like the Daryl Morey connection. Obviously, you know, with uh, with everything that's been uh, been written about the Brooklyn connection. Uh, apparently, he had a meeting with Kevin Durant out on the West Coast where they like sort of dreamt up this new big three and getting together with Kyrie. I mean, to comment on that specifically, like. James is going to have to be a completely different player if he goes to the Brooklyn Nets. And what are the Brooklyn Nets giving up? Are they literally giving up the essence of what made them the Brooklyn Nets, which is what attracted KD and Kyrie in the first place? Like, are we talking Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyrus LeVert, and Jared Allen for for James Harden? I mean, that is like literally their core. So now we're a big three, DeAndre Jordan, and a bunch of mid-level exception or vet minimum guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what Brooklyn does, how they handle that. Um, And also, too, you know, the Rockets are in no hurry to trade James Harden. They've got him under contract. I do think it's pretty telling that he did that he turned down a $50 million a year extension, being the player first $50 million a year contract. But look, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Houston. I think Houston, if there's one team team that's trending downward quickly, it's Houston. And I don't like that owner either. I heard he's a douche. Yeah, I heard like the the main rumor of why he wants out of there is because the owner is like a douchebag. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I kind of you know Houston's going to have to go through a rebuild, right? Like Harden does not want to be there. I know that they're in no rush, but at some point they're going to have to find some sort of package that works for them. And the same thing with Russell Westbrook, right? Like he's, he's out there, you know, he doesn't want to be there. They're going to have to trade him. And they already trade Robert Covington, which I thought that was a really good move for Portland to get Covington on that roster. They're going to be, they're going to be really good this year, but. I'm so that really- means they don't re-sign Mello, right? I don't think so, uh, unless he wants to probably sign there for cheap. But, um, Easy, what are your thoughts on Houston and uh, the whole James Harden thing? I love that they came out of us just for like, yeah, uh, we're totally okay with having him, having both of them be upset. Because, like, yeah. good. Like, yeah. they've built three separate contending teams. Actually, kind I don't know, like three to four, because if you think about the Dwight team, then yep. Dwight leaves, then they had the ISO James Harden team, and then they got Chris Paul. Then he's like, no, I want Russell Westbrook. And then now he's like, no, actually, I want out. Like, fuck <laughs> out of here, dude. Like, yeah. take your money and go dribble the ball 100 times and take a step back three. Yeah, I mean – no matter where he goes, his game's going to have to change, right? Like, they built that team for his game. Now he's basically saying, like, I want to go play with other, play- like, you know, stars, which is pretty much what every NBA player says. But it's no longer going to be the James Harden show, right? Like, especially if, like, somehow he finds his way in Brooklyn. Like, how happy is, like, Kyrie going to be about that? You're really going to have – he's a ball-dominant guy. They're all, all three of them are ball-dominant players. So yeah. Who's playing defense, be. too? <laughs> Who is playing defense on that team? Well, um, that's, that's the funniest part because anytime there's a big three, there's always a guy who has to completely, like, change his game and sacrifice stats and do something different. And, like, 
out of the Harden, Kyrie, and Durant big three, the guy who would most easily do the small stuff and, and little things is Durant. But out of that big out of that big three, probably Durant's probably the best player out of that big three. So like, how are you asking him to like take his game down a notch? You, you can't. Yeah, like he like, left Golden State to not do that anymore. Yeah, he's not going to get fifty shots a game. I don't know. Well, that's some yeah, like that. Plus, like he's their freaking best player. Like <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's got the, the biggest skill set. Like he could do everything. Like. There's no one else in the NBA that has, like, his skill set. So you can't really ask him to change. James Harden, as you've seen from any playoff game he's ever been in, he just doesn't understand what happens defensively anywhere. And then, like, so now you're asking Kyrie, the the smallest guy on the court, to, to like, change his game? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't don't get how that's going to work. But, uh, Charlie, interested to hear what you think is going to happen there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, too, it's pretty crazy. Dan Tony's actually an assistant coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so yeah. that would be really interesting if James Harden actually went there. Um, look, it, what do I think is actually going to happen here? If I had to, to guess, I think the Rockets end up trading both of them. I do. Um, wow. I think I think they realize the rebuild that they need to to undertake. Um, I don't think they've made any sort of moves in the off season that indicate that they're willing and ready to surround James Harden with a bunch of weapons and go after some guys. Um, and I think it does make the most sense to try and get as many assets as possible, reset. You've got a new coach, and just sort of get away from that Daryl Morey identity that you had. Um, and I think that's what the makes makes the most sense for them. I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Brooklyn Nets can get it done. Um, I don't think Sean Marks is a splashy guy as a GM for the Nets. He's from the, the San Antonio Spurs sort of Greg Popovich style um, of running a team. And it's what's been successful for Brooklyn. Um, but if they go and get James Harden, man, it's interesting. But again, I don't see who plays defense. I don't see how those personalities mesh together in terms of sharing the ball. And I think Kyrie's already come out and said that, like, he wants the ball in his hands the last 15 seconds of the game. Well, guess what? KD said the same fucking thing. And guess what? James yeah. Harden thinks the same fucking thing. So <laughs> sure. it's going to be interesting to see how they manage that if it actually does happen. From what I read that, you know, there's reports that the Nets might be willing to offer Kyrie in that trade which is, like, first of all, hysterical, which I, w- I would just love to see that. Imagine him getting, going, getting traded to Houston and pretty much going back to, like, a Cleveland Cavaliers, like, sucky roster. Oh, man, that'd be great. But, yeah, I mean, listen, we're, like, what what time is it now? It's about 7 o'clock on the East Coast. We're about, you know, a few hours away from free agency to start, so who knows what's going to happen. But uh, – any other teams or any other players you guys are interested to, uh, to kind of see what happens here in the next couple of days? Just a side caveat, based on what you just said, wouldn't that be just like the ultimate Knicks fuck you? Kyrie convinces Durant to go to Brooklyn. Then Brooklyn yeah. trades Kyrie. Amazing. Like, wouldn't that just be the most Knicks thing ever? But like, ah. Uh, yeah, you want to take over New York? Ugh. 
Charlie, what do you think? Any other uh, teams or players? Yeah, man, rounding it out. So I've actually uh, – I was going through – I was actually writing down a couple of things today, and I got a list of one team that's trending up and one team that's trending down in the Eastern and Western Conference, okay? I so, love it. Let's go. What do you got? My team that's trending up in the Eastern Conference, the Charlotte Hornets, man. I like this LaMelo ball <laughs> pick. Dude, I'm telling you. I like this LaMelo ball pick. I like him with the Hornets. The Hornets, frankly, need box office. They need to get butts in seats in that arena. That arena is a ghost town on a weekday night in Charlotte for a game. So I like LaMelo ball. I've got the Charlotte. I've got the Hornets trending up after that pick. I've got the Chicago Bulls trending down. I don't know what they were yes. fuck they were doing drafting the Florida State sixth man as their number four draft pick. I don't care care how high of a character guy he is. That doesn't fucking do it for me on the court, no matter how much time he spends in a soup kitchen. So they're trending down <laughs> for me. And Billy Donovan, look, like we've seen what happens in Oklahoma City. So let's not get carried away thinking that Chicago is going to be any different. Uh, and then in the Western Conference, team trending up. I know we were talking about the Clay Thompson injury, but I'm actually trending up on the Warriors. Draymond coming back off the rest. Steph coming back healthy. Weissman in the draft. I like it. Ubre athletic, can jump out of the gym. A. Wiggins, I think could be an interest for an option since Clay's out. I like them. They're trending up. Trending down for me. Man, I'm going to say the Clippers. I'm still not liking what they're doing. I've heard that Kyrie, that Kawhi is pissed off at everybody, Clippers, <laughs> including Paul George. I've also heard that they're trying to shop Paul George around as well in free agency. So the Clippers are trending down for me, man, that not everybody's happy on the farm in Inglewood. Yeah, and they have a lot of play. Like, like you know, they have to somehow get sign some of these players back. Um Yo, surprising Definitely. trade. Did you see they traded Shamit? To the uh, Nets? I know. That, that's what kind of makes me think the Nets might be up to something with Harden. Because if they put Landry Shamit in that too, like it, it kind of makes it a little you know, more enticing for Houston. And they're not re-signing Harrell, I don't think, either. Yeah, like what are they doing over there? Uh, but So I, I guess the question for both of you guys, is with LaMelo going to Charlotte, what happens with Terry Rozier? Dude, the only re- reason M- Michael Jordan tra- drafted uh, Ball was so he could publicize whooping LaVar's ass in a one-on-one on ESPN. <laughs> Remember sure. he, years ago when he's like, I, I could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one? <clears throat> We've all seen the last dance. That was b- bulletin board material. He's like, all right. I see you. I'm going to draft you youngest and whoop your ass on ESPN. <laughs> Wait, Charlie, who did you say was trending down in the East? Uh, the Chicago Bulls, man. Did not like the pick at number four. I just don't like that team in general, honestly. Um, I mean, frankly, they have had no identity after those Thibodeau teams with Derrick Rose and Joachim Noah. Those teams had an identity. And truthfully, if LeBron hadn't gone and formed the big three in Miami – 
Bulls may have won a title one of those years, especially D. Rose's yeah. MVP year. Those were damn good teams. Um, but, man, they've just been wallowing in, in, in just crap for far too long. I think a lot of it, did, though, does have to do with their ownership structure. Jerry Reinsdorf owns both the Bulls and the White Sox. He's extremely conservative, doesn't make moves, and they let that front office really, frankly, last and draft for far too long. Yeah, he's like – no, go for it easy. How do you draft a guy that high who doesn't even start on his own college team? And, like, you have Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen who play that position. Yeah. Unless you're looking to move those two guys, like, what's the point of even getting this guy? Yeah, I actually thought they were going to be in on LaMelo Ball as much as anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, too. And but Yeah, I'm glad you, you – said the Chicago Bulls because I did have I did write down that like that that pick was kind of shocking and it was also kind of like okay like maybe the Knicks have a chance to like steal a player because there's a few teams that are kind of going like I wouldn't say off the board but like out of like the top 10 here with those picks so uh, really interested to see what they're gonna do I'm I don't like not like their roster. I think Markinen's good. I think Wendell Carter's good. I think Levine is good. But yeah, I guess they don't really. You're right. They don't really have an identity. We'll see what uh, Billy Donovan does there. Easy. Give me your give me your surprise of free agency. What are you thinking? What shocking trade or free agent signing do you see happening? Ooh. Ah. Uh... I'm putting you on the spot. I know. Yeah, I wish I was a little prepared here, Dickie. Um, <laughs> you know what? Oh, boy. Are you ready? Bradley Beal on the move. It gets traded from the Wizards. Wow. Okay. We heard them shopping John Wall. We heard that really weird Westbrook for John Wall trade, which like doesn't make any sense for either team, but it was discussed, which means – Maybe they're, they're talking to the teams. Yeah, you never know. Charlie, you got any surprises for us? Yeah. <laughs> that John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade is the dumbest trade in the history of the NBA. <laughs> um, like, how, how does that work, by the way? Like, these two, like, the, the two GMs just meet up at a bar and be like, yeah, we'll fucking give you this guy for this guy. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oof. I think I hope, I hope it's that informal. Like, I hope they, <laughs> yeah, like, right? They just like, dude, I'll give you him for him. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. They're just sitting there and one guy's like, hey, you like Russell Westbrook? Like, yeah, you like, you like John Wall? Yeah, I do like John Wall. All right, boom, done. They both make like $40 million a year. They're both over the hill and probably, I mean, they'll, they'll be okay. But Charlie, back to you, man. What do you think in surprises? Yeah, I mean, not really so much a surprise, but maybe just a, a team is like, why is anybody talking about the Miami Heat? Like, have we so quickly forgotten that, like, True. a month and a half ago they were in the NBA Finals? Like, they had a great draft yesterday, drafted a couple of good players. They did draft a guy named Precious. Um, but, again, Precious. So solid player. <laughs> um, and I think the Heat, I saw Linux is back. Like, the Heat are back again. Like, that. that's a very good team that I feel like – Again, didn't get any respect, any clout last year, made it to the NBA Finals, and then we're right back into the zero respect for them again. 
and uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do this season and how they how they perform given the expectations and what they did last year. Agreed. Going back to Precious Achua, his brother, God's Gift Achua, which is a great name, but uh, God's Gift Achua played for St. John's. And like, I remember going to St. John's games and being like, just screaming God's Gift name every time he blocked the shot. And uh, St. John's was in the running for Precious Achua, but couldn't get him. It's all right. I remember you talking about uh, God's gift. Yeah, man, he was awesome. He was just blocking every shot. I don't think anything happened. I don't think he got drafted or anything. Got to meet those but, parents. Got to meet those parents. Yeah, absolutely. Those great names. Like, give me a name that I could name my kids when, I'm, when I have them. Because those are great. But, all right, so I'm going to give you guys a little shock factor here. I'm going to say – that the New York Knicks land James Harden. Ooh. <laughs> Love it. And, and I got the trade too. I got I'm I'm packaging Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Frank Nicolina, and all the second round picks that we got <laughs> for James Harden. <laughs> That's equal, right? Wow. So, realistically, all right, because you know a realistic trade, right, that they probably would have to offer would, would be yeah. Mitch, RJ, probably Toppin. Oh. Uh, There's no way. Or, like, two of those three and, like, a collection of, like, picks and pick swaps. Would you do that? No. I wouldn't. No, no way. Call me crazy. I wouldn't do that. I know our prospects aren't good, but we know Absolutely what a James Harden we knew what a James Harden team could do. It's literally our whole team. Yeah, I'm not Guys, doing I'm, that trade. I'm getting a, an alert here. Big free agent about to hit the market this year. Don Maker. <laughs> Wait, did they, is he still with the Bucks? No, he's on Detroit, and they Ooh. they said that uh, he could just go to free agency. So, I'm sure he'll become a Nick at some point. That was, that was probably a funny conversation. Hey guys, yeah. I might pick up my option. No, it's okay, Don. You don't have to. No, I think I've got it. No, no, I think I've got it. I don't... <laughs> no, 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 you could go. Go, go explore your opportunities. Go form a big three somewhere. But uh, all right, boys, I think great episode. Um, I feel like we have to do another one in like the next like, you know, like four or five days with like yeah. yep. free agency coming up. Free agency recap. There's going to be a lot of moves happening. Yeah. Yep. So get your notepads ready. Get the drink some water. Get those. Get your throat ready to do some talking. <laughs> and training camp up soon, too. December 1st, training camp opened us up. Season December December 22nd, not going to lie, extremely happy that they're starting so we can have basketball on Christmas. I was going to be really bummed if I couldn't lounge around and get drunk and watch the NBA at Christmas, on Christmas Day all day. Yeah. I'll never forget that mellow uh, Christmas Day game against the, the Bulls. The travesty the Knicks aren't on at 12 o'clock on Christmas Day anymore. I, oh, losers. How do you not do that? I don't care how bad we are. The Gar- I guess the 
garden's always popping. It's, it's like Detroit on Thanksgiving. Like you don't fuck with the, you don't fuck with tradition. You don't do it. That's why 2020 happened. It's fucking with tradition. Yep. <laughs> All right, boys. Good episode. I'll catch you guys later. And uh, let's go Knicks. Go Knicks. Let's go Knicks, baby.